0: Welcome to the Data for Betterment podcast, Reimagine Hybrid Work, with your host, Maribel Lopez. Maribel is the founder of the Data for Betterment Foundation and Lopez Research. The Data for Betterment Foundation is a nonprofit organization that helps individuals understand and prepare for how their career will change as companies embrace new technologies. Lopez Research, a market research and strategy consulting firm, helps companies understand how technologies such as connected devices, collaboration, cloud computing, and AI change the customer and employee experience. The firm's clients range from startups to global corporations, including 10 of the Fortune 30. She's also the author of the highly regarded business book on how those technologies are transforming the company, employee, and customer experience, right time experiences, published by Wiley is also a frequent public speaker at corporate events and contributor at Forbes.com. Maribel is currently researching and writing her next book on how to build successful strategies for workplace transformation. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hi, welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to be here today with Tom Poirot, who's the executive vice president and head of products at Poly. Tom, it's really great to speak with you again. Just for the audience's sake, could you tell us a little bit about what you do at Poly?
2: Sure. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you, Maribel. Well, my job's pretty simple. I uh, Whether you touch it, see it, turn it on, turn it off, interact with it, I, I build it. So I'm, I classify myself as a builder. I build all the products here at Poly. It's the best job in the world. And uh, today uh, we're going to talk through why that is. That's fabulous, and I do think that you have a great job and at a great
1: company. And I've actually been following Poly for some time. Uh, it's an organization that's long supported remote work, and you know this is a podcast about uh, the future of work, uh, what hybrid work would look like, and you know what we've seen is that even companies that were adept at distributed work experienced changes during the COVID nineteen pandemic. So, what's your experience been like
2: at Poly? That's a good one. before I kind of really answer our experiences, if I kind of look at a macro level, right? There's what's been going on with our, in, our ability to our inability to work from home, but there's also this big world out there where we're interacting with family members, public services. So I, I kind of look at this COVID pandemic as a macro issue, not just at home. So if I, if I look at it as an opportunity, not only to kind of transform how we work, but also live. People are spending a lot less time in cars, our employees included. People are spending a lot less time in lines, our employees included. So I think even though this has not been a great thing for the globe, all things are forcing function for something else. And in this particular example, I think coming out of this as as rough as it's been, it's even hit our home here at the Puro household, it's going to be really great because I think it's going to force us to do things differently. It's going to force companies like Poly to digitally transform themselves. It's going to force public service to digitally transform themselves. So I think the benefit for us overall is going to be fantastic. And we are seeing a lot of that, but I think it's just the beginning. It's going to be given opportunity for employees to give feedback to employers on how they want to work going to give employees the opportunity to spend more time at home with their family members. It's going to give employees more time to kind of have a say in how they want to work going forward. And I know um, here at Poly, our uh, policy has been everybody stay as safe as possible. That's that's priority number one. And I think all employers around the world would, would take that position. But we all know that the internet uh, knows no boundaries. And the ability for us to kind of collaborate remotely is, I would say in a lot of examples saved a lot of companies, our ability to stay active, stay engaged with their customers. And Polly is no different.
1: I think one of the things that's been fascinating about this is we've long talked about remote work and future of work and digital transformation and the amount of transformation that organizations had to go through in a very brief period. We we were very lucky to be in this time where we had scalable services like cloud computing and collaborative services that had been really honed over the course of many, many years to get us to this point. So that's the upside, I guess, of what's going on. And now I think we have much more flexibility. But I have to imagine uh, as somebody that's been working with products, as somebody who has been talking to a lot of clients that there's probably been some change in some of your clients'
2: requests. And
1: how does that change how is thinking about its products and services moving forward?
2: Yeah, great question, and and absolutely, a lot of customers are asking a lot of questions of us, of their service providers, of their future. So I think the way we see it here is kind of three simple buckets. Uh, You're going to have customers that require, for various reasons, whether it's security or um, or, or deployment this on-prem environment and poly continues to maintain our on-prem developments so whether it's a on-prem mcu or traditional telephones there's going to be people that still want to work in that environment and we we've, we've got them covered and we still see people deploying that scenario scenario 2 is the hybrid you know people who want to do a little bit on-prem and a little bit of cloud and some combination of the two whether they want to connect the two and then the last one is the folks that are that are just going to the cloud at breakneck speed. They're they're getting rid of everything and they're moving quickly to the cloud. And our products, uh, proud to say, support those three scenarios. So no matter where a customer is in their transition, whether they want to stay on-prem you know, we got them covered. Whether they want to work in this hybrid environment of some on-prem and some cloud, we got them covered. Or whether they want to go pure cloud. Now, a lot of folks are not asking if they should go to the cloud. You and I have seen that. That's been that that's been a battle raging for decades. And I think today it's not a matter of if it's when they go, and that go to the cloud really depends a lot on capital assets they're trying to sweat out to to the experiences they're trying to deliver their customers or their employees. Absolutely. So I like
1: like your three different buckets because I think it it gives a lot of flexibility for everyone. I think that hybrid bucket is something that's really interesting to navigate. Have you seen organizations have a lot of challenges with that or were there specific things that you had to create to make that a reality? Because that seems that... Much like hybrid cloud in general, I think we're all struggling with how do we make that work because there's reasons to have things on-prem, there's reasons to have things in the cloud, and now we're trying to blend them and make them the best of both worlds. Right.
2: Yeah, I would say that um, it depends on how uh, the workload we're talking about. So, for example, voice, uh, voice, the the great equalizer, the one thing that everybody around the planet traditionally has access to. And video has been this thing that's been traditionally reserved for uh, companies that can afford it. Now with with services such as Zoom or Microsoft or RingCentral or any other video player out there, log me in, all all great partners of Poly, it kind of democratizes video. Now anybody has access to video. So when we think about hybrid, voice has been hybrid for a while, whether they're servicing from the cloud or on-prem or some connection between the two, video has been the big one. Video's been the one where everybody wants to get to. Everybody has quickly learned how. It's not like a good pandemic as a forcing function. So I think the hybrid scenario of video, where people are racing to understand it right away, you know, this time last year, as this thing was starting to heat up, people were starting to discover these things. And this pure ramp to moving to video, people hybrid worked people hybrid connected, whether it was connecting some on-prem video equipment to as a service players, or it was the way they were working, whether they were working from home partly and working from the office. You got to think about hybrid and multitude of of, uh, of layers. So I think the beauty is, like you said earlier, we've been working towards this scenario for decades, and now we have the tools and services to really deliver, uh, whether it's pure, on-prem, pure cloud or hybrid, uh, whatever customers want, whether it's us or a service provider. And really, when they say it's a buyer's market, uh, this is really a consumer's market. They get to determine how they move and when they move to best suit their, uh, their employees. And what we've seen uh, most of the customers moving to is clearly everybody's participating in some aspect of a video service. Voice has been a bit of a lagger. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to go back to the office and realize that their on-prem traditional PDX didn't really help them in this pandemic. In fact, it sat there and collected dust. And that will be the next kind of evolution Is they're going to want to move voice to the cloud pretty quickly. You know,
1: that makes a ton of sense to me. And it's really interesting because I feel for some time... I always asked my clients if they wanted to participate in video calls and nobody wanted to participate in a video call. And now I probably use four different video services a day and everybody around the globe is doing video. And it'll be really interesting to see in another six to 12 months, what our balance is like, will people start to go back to the conference calling style model Will they continue to do all video calls? But it, it's been great to see that videos allowed us to bridge this gap. And it's actually made these collaboration services much better. So that's been a good good news for everybody, I think. I've been talking a lot with my clients about what I'm calling the move from remote light to remote right. We've all done, you know, rapid fire work from home strategy transitions. And now I think we're at this point where we've been doing it for a while. And I think people are trying to be more thoughtful about what's the next stage of what we wanna do, what's the evolution of our existing strategies. And I'm sure you're talking to your, a, lot of, a lot of your clients about what they should be doing. Uh, what are some of the things that you think customers need to focus on? Anything that they're missing that you're hearing and you're saying, hey, maybe
2: you should think more about this. Sure. I think, I think your statement of work light, uh, we'll call that pre-pandemic, to work right, which is kind of what employers are trying to figure out now. What's the right solution for their employees and customers to engage uh, and continue to move the ball forward? I think it's almost like this, um, everybody, emergency race home. They are using uh, whatever uh, headphones came with their mobile phone, for example, they might be wired or wireless. They may sound good. They may not sound good great. They're using uh, cameras that are built into their laptops, which kind of wobble when they talk. And they've learned that those experiences are okay for 30, 60, 90 days. But if we're going to be doing this in a more permanent scenario, uh, whether the employee uh, wants to do it permanently or they're forced, they need a much better solution. And that really comes down to whether these are employee funded, meaning I give you a thousand dollars, Maribel, and you go out and you spend thirty dollars on a camera and a and nine hundred and seventy dollars on a really nice desk, or it's kind of an employee dictated like or employer dictated where here are the five tools we're going to give you to work from home. So employers have to are really kind of wrestling which which of those scenarios they want to go with, and then and then second. Uh, what is the experience that uh, each company wants their employees to have, whether uh, they want to do uh, noise canceling. We all have uh, environments at home that are probably not like the office. You've got barking dogs and children and spouses and mailmen that ring the doorbell at the wrong time of the day uh, that that all cause disruption. So blocking that out, whether it's noise Providing great uh, video experiences, the perfect framing for your face, the perfect lighting experience for you, so that you show up and look your best, whether it's a professional meeting or just kind of an ad hoc uh, one-on-one engagement. That's really what employers are trying to wrestle with, and that's what a lot of people are uh, are starting to deploy out.
1: Yeah, I think the environmental challenges of trying to make work from home work are really far greater than any of us had anticipated, because we only did it for a short period of time. Now, that's the work from home scenario. But I'm sure you're also talking to a lot of your customers about what the return to office looks like. And have you seen any changes in the return to office environment?
2: Yeah, this is the biggest question. Going home uh, was kind of a big forcing function. But going back, Uh, is, is there's time, Uh, there's still not quote, a real solution to the pandemic yet. And employers are still very nervous. And now is the perfect time to start thinking about what you want your new office environment to be. And and in reality is it is going to be new experience. Uh, It will not be the same, whether uh, employers want it to be that way or not. Employees are kind of going to have different expectations around safety and security, the surfaces that they touch. I think having a mask on these days is going to be the new normal. Whether you feel sick or not, I think it's going to become socially acceptable. Just like going back to the office, working uh, back in a smaller area that's a personal experience for you will be more socially acceptable than this big push to work in huddle rooms or big conference rooms. Now, uh, I would say that people are going to be more spread out people are gonna to wanna to use tools that enable them to work a little bit further. They're gonna still wanna collaborate in rooms, and they're gonna want the ability to come into to the office when they want and have the same experience at home. Remember, when you and I are on video and we're talking, it's not necessarily for the speaker, it's for the remote end. So our ability to provide the remote end a really good view of you is super high, whether that's at home in a kitchen table, in a dedicated office, at your new office, in a open space that's kind of spread out or a, or a traditional conference room where it normally would have hold 30 people and now you're artificially limiting it to 10. That's really what employees are wrestling with right now. What does that look like for them?
1: One of the things I think is really interesting is I've been talking about you know the new work personas. You know, So some people will be full-time remote work. Uh, some will be full-time so to speak in the office and then there will be more nomadic and nomadic used to mean you were in a coffee shop you traveled it could still mean all that but it might mean that you, know, you come into the office 20 percent of the time and maybe that's really about collaboration with your team maybe it's 20 maybe it's 30 maybe it's 50 but you're not there full-time and I think a lot of organizations I'm speaking with are trying to figure out how they create these more collaborative work environments if they're going to start to restructure some of the layouts and the footprint And to your earlier point, I think the acoustics of that start to become an issue, Uh, what are the video systems and how do you you make everybody feel like they're a first-class citizen in the process, regardless of where they are, is part of the new normal of culture that I think we're going to have to deal with in organizations. And I'm sure that you're talking to a lot of your customers. About this concept of corporate culture as well, I know that many of my enterprise IT leaders and HR and the like have expressed fear that they can't really create a corporate culture for remote employees. I think I think video might be ideal for doing this, but in your side, are there any tips or strategies that you can share from either your own experience at Poly or from your customers around trying to create an engendered culture in this new environment?
2: Sure. I would say to employers that are worried about this or concerned about leveraging these new tools that are maybe a little scary to people, my first response is don't be. It's such a wonderful experience. I mean, think about all the diverse talent you can now go get access to globally, right? I mean, think about all of the diverse talent. You don't have to just hire in your local neighborhood. You can go anywhere you want because it's been proven that people are as productive, if not more productive by having flexible work arrangements. Now, you got to give them the right tools. And this is where I think things like video and collaborative tools come into place. Second thing is video allows for such an inclusive experience. Everybody feels like they're equal. There's no head of the table in a video conferencing solution. There's just participation and If you've got a great audio experience and a great video experience, you show up as a first, everybody shows up as a first class citizen. So that ability to go get diverse talent and be very, very inclusive so that everybody understands what's going on. Those are the big lessons and the big gains. What I worry about with my team isn't whether they can continue to develop software. They've they've proven that they they can continue to develop, and I've I've seen the metrics. They're developing just as good a software from home as they are in the office. In fact, sometimes more or better. Because the downside of this pandemic that I've seen is that people work more, which is a little bit of the danger. Right? Is that me as a as a leader? I'm constantly not telling people to work harder or work uh, more hours, but to take time off use the vacation because you get kind of sucked into this world and it gets a little hard to kind of break away. But I would ultimately say employers should embrace the technology. They're going to benefit immensely from it, from all the great things that have been proven out.
1: Yeah, there's a few, there's a lot that's going on here. You know, one of the things we used to talk about gig workers and how there'd be the rise of the gig worker. And I think now it's much easier when people are thinking, okay, uh, we have the ability to support video and create these collaborative experiences that way that we can pull in people that might not have been in our organization more smoothly. One of the challenges that I'm seeing a lot of organizations and even myself struggle with is the time zone creep. You know, I think we're all, to your earlier point, working a lot of different time zones. And I think culturally, that's one of the things that we're going to have to deal with in distributed teams is trying to figure out how do we balance, like, some days maybe we'll work on an Asian time zone or European time zone or various U.S. time zones and navigating that so that everybody in the team doesn't feel like they're always the person that's up at midnight or they're always the person that's up at 6 a.m. So that's a new workplace cultural thing that I think we're going to be much more sensitive to in terms of how we schedule meetings I'm sure you've been thinking a lot about the future, and uh, particularly as somebody that that's doing uh, product development, what excites you right now? What are you thinking about that you know is okay to share
2: with the world? Sure, I think what excites me is just the pace of innovation around a lot of these technologies that you know you, Maribel, and I have been working in for a long time, and that have that have had a lot of notoriety but really haven't had mass adoption. We've never had this explosion in video technology like we've seen this year. We haven't seen the explosion of people really truly understanding noise canceling technology or the ability for the camera to kind of center in on you as the speaker. All of that really is what's been exciting for us. And also the ability for us to bring that technology down in the portfolio, which is normally reserved kind of for high end, in-room experiences. Now you can get that all the way from mid-size technology to kind of small, we'll call bite sized home worker experiences so that you as an end user get just as good experience as you would in the office. It's almost like physically being there, but for prices and uh, experiences and flexibility that all companies uh, could afford. That's the pieces that really excite me. Plus, Not Me personally, not having to get on a plane so much is is very exciting (laughs) and not have to travel that much. I know the airlines don't necessarily like that, but the ability for me to really choose to travel when I absolutely need to, not just to travel. I mean, those are the, the newer technologies that are coming out that really are exploding from my perspective.
1: I'm excited about the efficiency that this has created with me being able to see many people around the globe and still have my own personal family life. It's been wonderful. The
2: commute has been almost eradicated for for most people, and you get in the car when you want to, right?
1: Tom, any closing thoughts for us?
2: Well, Maribel, I would say, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. I know that uh, people are all over the place and these things don't come easy. We always like uh, talking about what could be and what, where we're going. and That's always wonderful. And I, I love the opportunity to kind of speak to the world about all the great things we're doing at Polly. And thank you very much, Maribel. Well, we're
1: excited to see what comes next from Polly. Thanks, Tom.